This is KWOD Radio, this is Patty Holtrin, and we're live. We're waiting on our uh, our special guest today, which is Lene Lee. She's the author of Scald of Salvation. So we're going to take a small break, and we'll be right back. And we're live with Patty Holstrand and we're KWOD Radio. And it looks like our our guest, not quite certain on the time difference. Yeah, that happens uh, quite a bit because of time difference. Uh, we're in Arizona, and Arizona is one of those states that likes to be a rebel. <laughs> and so... Yeah, we like to uh, take chances, and so we don't do things uh, the same way everybody else does. And so we have our own time. We don't go backwards. We don't go forwards. We don't change the clock for anybody. And because of it, some people have trouble figuring out what time it is here. So if I say 8.30 a.m., 
I'm talking Arizona time, but at this right now, this time of the year, it is also mountain time. But not everybody, you know, they have to look on the, um, I, I used a world calendar on uh, the world time zone. world calendar is uh, really good for that because it shows all the different time zones, uh, not only in America, but also in uh, other countries. Uh, I do have an author in Canada now, and we also have an author in uh, the U.K., so United Kingdom. So it kind of helps to be able to keep track of what time it is. Like right now, back east is three hours difference. So I have a lot of authors in, in the east. I have um, Cotton and, and Denise. Hey, guys. Uh, had those. They're in Maryland. So that's, you know, pretty close to the to the uh, ocean on the other side of the world. Other side of the United States, of course. And right now, my son is in is in England, uh, but on tour, uh, touring over there with his father. So I have to keep track of you know uh, what time it is in England as well. Not only for my son, but also for an author who every once in a while we we interview. So it's. Uh, you never know sometimes when people don't you know are vigilant like 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 I know I have to keep track of the time zones and 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 whatnot but uh, unfortunately she didn't seem to so we're going to have to do what I do which is called winging it which is okay um I will talk a little bit about her, her uh, story here just to cover it And that way you guys will know a little more about about the episode and uh, about what we're going to talk about today. Lene Lee, she is a, not the author of Skulls of Salvation. And Skulls of Salvation is set in the modern day and takes the reader to, on a quest to save mankind through the jungles of Belize, Belize, I'm not sure, it looks like Belize, and the Mayan ruins. Led by Damien, who is a disciple of Archimedes, one of the kings of the lost continent of Atlantis. Now, that's that's curious to me, as um, I know I've got another author, which is Jean-Luc Jacques, and he writes about the end days in Atlantis, so there were end days in Atlantis, and and now we're looking at end days here, in 2012, or supposedly based on the Mayan calendar. Um, and so he showed that it actually wasn't the end uh, of civilization as a whole; it was the end of Atlantis. As Atlantis at that time was swallowed up, swallowed up whole, and uh, it's lost to us in the. Uh, ocean and Don's got a, a clear view of where what he where he thinks Atlantis is. Atlantis is now and if I had money or if I had money uh, a lot of money I would put money on it and uh, have a crew go down and take a look 
It would be hard to find, uh, but it would definitely be worth uh, one one of the great mysteries uh, to be solved. So I wouldn't mind putting money down on that. Uh, so we're talking about the characters from Lene Lee's uh, story here. And if we're talking about Damien, who's a disciple of Archimedes, Archimedes, one of the kings of lost continent of Atlantis, uh, Damien's one of his, him and his beautiful wife, Lana, are in search of the missing legendary crystal skulls of police, which are said, when all together, to have the power of, to save mankind from the total destruction predicted to take place on December 21st, 2012. Iona, a direct descendant of the Mayan king, Takal, leads Damien and another faithful follower to into the jungles, the ruins, and underground rivers and caves that are believed to contain the three lost skulls of perfect crystal. Unbeknownst to them, Archimedes, arch enemy, and mystical survivor of Atlantis, has other ideas. The group expands as their lost friends join them to face the ultimate evil and save the planet from destruction. So it's curious to me. Um, I know that the, the whole thing about 2012 is is a particular interest of, of mine and my partner, uh, John Jacques, and our own story, 2012, uh, Calm Before the Storm. And it's curious to me that we are are fixated on a certain time, uh, December 21st, 2012, which, of course, as you know, is just around the corner. I mean, it's not this year, but it's definitely you know, supposed to be the end of next year. So my big question is, do we buy Christmas presents for that year? Because Christmas is four days after that. So with that, we're going to take a two-minute break, and we'll be right back. This is KWAD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand.
to Patty Holstrand Live, and this is KWAD Radio. And we were going to be talking to Lene, the author of Crystal Gulls. Oh, wait, temporary lost you for a second. Uh, we had a temporary glitch there in the system. Holstrand, KWAD Radio, and we are live. Anyone has a question on 2012 or uh, the mind calendar, you can call in now at 714-242-5145. I'm just watching the new, or not the new, but the latest of the um, Indiana Jones movies. And that also depicts the Crystal Skulls and their version of the end of days. Or what they did was they had one Crystal Skull that was missing still, and they had to return it. And then, of course, the uh, famous ending there where the Mayan ruins had uh, risen up once the all the crystals called and their bodies had pulled together as one. And their spaceship rose up and took off. And that was, in essence, the end of life as they knew it on the Earth, and they took off and went home. So, it's a lot of, um, you know, when I saw that, I was a little bit uh, disappointed, I have to I have to admit. I was a little disappointed in not only their version of it, but that it became a flying saucer, which was, I don't know, to me, that was a little, I, I'm not sure if lame's a word. Anybody have a word for that? Because I don't think it was really, it's not that it was lame, it's just that it was like, what? You know? And that's kind of what I said during the movie. Like, what? <laughs> so I'm not sure if anybody else had that same thought. Is it, it it kind of puzzled me. Um, I hadn't expected that really at all, and and I'm, I suppose I should have because I, I mean I didn't you know read quite a bit before that and that the UFO believers were all saying, oh yeah, these are all aliens from a lost civilization. And uh, they came to Earth, and 
they were considered gods here, which were the Mayans, and which would explain why apparently there's no Mayans left. But uh, no, that's misconception because Tenelgave, there are Mayans left because there are people of Mayan descent. Now, if there are people of Mayan descent, then obviously they were not all gone. Um, but I have to say, most of the civilization of the Mayans uh, had been lost to us uh, for quite quite a few centuries. And it could be very well the same type of situation. Uh, there didn't seem to be any answers, clear answers on that. So that's why the author of the uh, screenplay for The Crystal Skulls uh, with Indiana Jones was able to uh, come up with that theory. And it, it really is. Uh, there are a lot of theories. It's kind of like Atlantis. We don't really know for sure where it is or where it was. We don't even really know for sure that it was even there at all. Um, but we'd like to all believe that there was a lost civilization and we know for a fact that the Mayans were here. We know that. Uh, they have left remnants of their uh, civilization. And because of that, I mean, it was pretty obvious. It's not like Atlantis where we just can't seem to find this, where the city was. Uh, or any really lost descendants that, you know, uh, Asha call themselves descendants. So, you know, the ones, if they are any descendants, they, they haven't stepped forward. But the uh, Lan Lene here, she basically is saying, yes, there were some descendants from Atlantis, and uh, they do peek their heads out later. And near the 2012 uh, timing, they seem to all come together in one uh, area, obviously, where the Mayan, Mayan civilization used to be. So that's a, a, another curious way of looking at it. And then it, because we have no clear answers on A, whether there were Atlantis, uh, B, where it was, and then C, the Mayan, uh, Mayan civilization was definitely there, but is gone. So there's always been some speculation on. Where the heck did they go? Uh, there are uh, Mayan descendants in that region, so they hadn't totally, did not totally leave. Uh, and they don't look like aliens to me. So, <laughs> it makes me wonder whether or not that really happened. And whether or not uh, there was any, if there's any real, really heavy premise, is there any real premise on uh, the end of the world as we know it, uh, December 21st, 2012? We don't know. I, I would like to say that uh, you know, sometimes you would like to see some things happen. I mean, you'd like to, to think that some of these these interesting ideas and concepts are actually true. Um, personally, uh, I really don't 
would not want the end of the world to be December 12, 2012. But if it has to go, then, you know, maybe I shouldn't bother buying presents for that year. Uh, but then again, if it's the end of the world in December twenty first, uh, 2012, then who the heck cares if I spend all my money on, on gifts for people? You know, the people I love. Uh, but they better hurry up and, and I, I need to get in the presents before Christmas, not after, obviously. So, <laughs> any anybody has any thoughts on that? Um, we are live on chat. I'm also uh, on the Facebook page, just to let you know. And that is facebook.com slash PJ, like a Patty Joe, dot Hullstrand, H-U-L-T-S-C-R-A-N-D. You can write your uh, message to me on there, or and I will um, try to address it. I do know something about that, but I have to admit that my partner is a lot more versed in 2012 theory than I am. So, if we don't get uh, Lene to actually sign in, more than likely she'll wind up signing in uh, near the hour because I have a feeling she thought it was an hour earlier or an hour later. So, we will just see whether or not she signs in. And otherwise, I'm going to give a call here and see if I can get someone who knows a little more about 2012 theory to talk to us. And so I'm going to put a two-minute break. I'll be right back. This is KY Radio Live and Patty Altran.
This is KWAD Radio. We're live again. This is Patty Holstrand, and we were talking about Crystal Skulls and Atlantis and the Mayan calendar and whether or not we're buying Christmas presents next year because we may not be here after December 21st, 2012. I sure would like to have somebody who could talk about it. Uh, I did give a call, and unfortunately he has his hand in ballast, and which is a... Uh, a big light just lighting system in a building, so <laughs> he won't be able to uh, break off to talk to us. So with that, I'm not sure whether we we're going to be moving forward, but I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wing a little more and uh, talk about. Some questions here that I had for her that we could talk about. Well, we're talking about research. We're talking about researching books. Uh, one of the questions, some of the questions I had for her uh, were that while we're getting a lot of research, you know, on television shows. For my calendar, for Lost Atlantis, and for the Crystal Skulls. I'm curious in times on some of these, they seem to sensationalize certain things. Obviously, they're trying to promote the show and uh, add listeners. But I also think that it plays into some fanatics who uh, like to believe in uh, grim things, you know, things that happen in, in history. And so I wonder whether or not that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, I do know some uh, the people who will believe anything that's on, especially on television. Um, and so some of these so-called scientists who are soaking the money and uh, coming up with all these theories on, you know, the crystal skulls having something to do with mind calendar, and mind calendar being the end all, so to speak, of uh, civilization as we know it. Now, I say the term civilization as we know it, and a lot of that has to do with some things that that uh, other research that my partner and I have done. And that there is definitely patterns of things that are happening and and are uh, have already been have already happened and are continue to happen and are uh, warned by uh, scientists that are going to happen. And you really can't ignore all that once you you see the pattern and, and you're 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 reading all of this um, and listening to the different things and putting together uh, these patterns of things that have happened and are going to happen. Um, for instance, you have the uh, the sunspots that are supposedly going to you know really put us out of commission um 
heat like that, and obviously the the radiation caused from that, uh, is going to totally fry our GPS systems and uh, a lot of satellite systems that we have up in the space. Uh, that is going to be a total transformation of what's going of what here and how. You got to make sure that certain things are turned off. Obviously, you're not going to be able to call anybody and say, "Hey, end of the world here." Uh, we will be in total silence, no radio, um, television will be knocked off, a lot of technology will be down, and satellites, some satellites will be useless. Um, I sure hope that the government is planning on these kind of things because um, we could be sitting ducks here. But then again, you know, most of the rest of the world will also be sitting ducks. Um, so I just, it's not that I want to take on any other countries during that time, but I would want to, us to be safe. So I'd hate to see, you know, any, any plans happen because of that. But I tell you what, being a fiction author, I do consider those ramifications, those those possibilities. Um, and I know that uh, Glenn Beck once said, and he said it several times, that if you really want to know what's going to happen in the world, if you really want to know what is happening or what will happen or, or what may happen, you should read some fiction books. <laughs> because fiction authors uh, have a tendency to see patterns. Uh, they're not researchers. I mean, we do research. You know, we, fiction authors research. Just say they don't just make up stories. Uh, they they think of a premise, they think of an idea, and they go out and research it. And once they get enough fodder, they see the, the patterns, they see you know enough great information there. And just like Lanaley did, she took these uh, crystal skulls and Mayan calendar, and then she also brought Atlantis into it. And she came up with a what she considers to be her idea of what might be, what could happen. Um, I'm not certain about uh, Lost Ascendants of Archimedes, but I do know that, that I have seen um, some interesting uh, patterns in things such as the weather. Very, very heavy patterns regarding the weather. Um, and then I have another author who uh, has written about Noah, yeah, Noah's Ark, and what he considers to be possible end days. And he kind of says the same thing. He says, well, in that time period, um, Noah's Ark, the story of Noah, was the end of the world as they knew it. It's a giant flood. I mean, it took wiped out all civilization in that area. Um, so that was the end of the world as they knew it. 
and whether you believe in God or not, whether you believe in the possibility of God or, or, or Lord or anything. It's historical fact. And the patterns that we see now are things, you know, a lot more volcanoes, a lot more seismic uh, activity. And then you've got the whole issue of the sunspots, and then you start seeing, well, wait a minute here. Is there really some premise to this? And then I have other people who are more politically oriented. They know a lot more. I don't personally care for politics, but I can sit there and talk and and listen to the best of them. And uh, some say, well, it's it's not the weather that's going to kill us. Is Obama, okay? Or uh, they'll say, well, not to, whether to kill us is, is our senators and, and Republicans, our Republicans and, and uh, Democrats and and they say they're going to kill us. Well, I say kill. I mean, we're talking about life, or we're we talking about a whole civilization known as the United States. Suddenly. Um, no longer being viable superpower. Well, to say that, you know, we have lost our number one spot. Uh, We might be sharing it, but we're not Todd Doggett anymore. So, in essence, life as we knew it from the 70s, 80s, and 90s are over. Now, whether or not the end of the world is uh, economic, we see a whole lot of bad things going on as far as the economics. Uh, economics of, of our country sucks. Um, the economics in a lot of other countries are also going bad. Uh, you know, when one big dog starts going down, so a lot of other ones have to follow suit because they've been following America for a long time. So. What are you thinking, okay, the end of the world as I know it is economic downfall. There's a lot of fiction books on this, okay? Um, So some of the fiction authors see a pattern there. And that is, to them, the end of the world is as we know it. Then you have others who who say, okay, well, we have all this weather activities and, and the earth our Mother Earth who is turning around around and slapping us. Um, But they don't understand sometimes that these... Earth is an evolving, live mass. And because of that, it's forever changing. It has to go through cycles, just like a woman does. Okay? Women go through cycles because that's how that's how the world's made. We uh, attach ourselves in in some small way to the moon and its activity, and we are connected to the Earth in the magnetic pole. So we have our time of the month. Now. My theory and and theory of some others are that the world is 
um, is a living being and is going through a cycle. And we are getting to the point where, <laughs> if you really want to say it this way, uh, the earth is having that time of month. And so you have a lot of a lot of activity going on because the, the world's having cramps. So whether you want to think of earthquake as a cramp, I have to tell you, if you're a woman, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that can be really traumatic. So before I go any further, I want to remind everyone that we do have a call-in number. 714-242-5145 and if I don't uh, get too much more activity I'm going to uh, also we're on chat I will go ahead and, and knock off for the day because I tell you I was up until 3 o'clock working on brand new covers and uh, brand new activity that were uh, some um, projects that we're working on for AZ Publishing and for Underground Publications, which is one of our uh, imprints. So, and on Facebook, I'm not sure if you guys saw it. I just, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, and, and technically on a tangent is actually something that's very near and dear to my heart, and that is the different activity, different opportunities that authors have right now to write short stories for anthologies. Um, and several of them that we have going on. So I'm going to talk about that for a minute here. Um, first one is, okay, under underground publications, uh, we have one called Street Tales, Menace Society, and it's an anthology, so we're looking for stories, uh, short stories that are 5,000 to 12,000 words. So if you're interested in being part of that, that is a buy-in. Um in other words, it, that you, if you want the opportunity to be part of that, there is some monetary giving on that one. There is a price to pay, and it's not really that much. It's anywhere near what you would you would spend for doing your own book. But um, what you're paying for is all the, ex, you know, part of the expenses in order to um, put the book together. So I'm going to be quite upfront with you. That's how that is done. But the opportunity is that the book is is a uh, very decent price to to buy out uh, as far as the printing, um, depending on the you know, obviously depending on the page count. Anybody who says they can give you a price on a book without a page count is lying to you, or they're going to mark it up later. So, the um, Minister Society Street Tales. If you're interested in that one. Again, my Facebook page is PJ dot Holstrand. That's P as in Paul, J as in Jane dot Holstrand, which is H U L T S T R A N D. So hit me up there, inbox me with your interests. Second one, uh, also under under is for Chocolate Rose 3. I just got the cover done last night, so you guys want to take a look at that one. Um, just to warn you, it's erotic. It's erotic tales. Urban, is erotic urban fiction. And it's this is book three because we've already had very successful book one and two. 
they're selling very well on uh, uh, Kindle and in uh, all the other ebook formats. The project leader for this one book, uh, Chocolate Rose 3, is Cotton Carpenter. And she's also attached to me on Facebook. Um, yeah, all you need to do is go on my on my Facebook page and you'll see uh, Chocolate Rose 3 cover and reference to Cotton Carpenter. You can inbox her or contact her on her Facebook page or you can talk to me. Um, deadline for the actual writing is Labor Day. Uh, day after Labor Day, but we need to know that you have a commitment. We need a commitment for this project by August 15th in order to be included um, for the uh, book launch party and the fall catalog that AZ Publishing is putting putting together. Um, Twice a year, I have a book launch party during one of the conventions local here in Arizona. It's a fan-run convention, so these are readers, avid readers, and uh, they. I have a book launch party in May for Leprechaun, and then I have a book launch party in Capricorn, uh, and that's going to be over Labor Day weekend. We are. the The fun thing is is that you know with book launch party. Um, we'd like to be able to include uh, Chocolate Rose 3. I was trying to get it done, but we have some people who uh, need a little more time to write their story. And we are looking for, I believe, as Cotton's in charge of this project, I believe we're looking for three or four more people to be a part of that. And um, so we would need your story before uh be by Labor Day or the day after Labor Day, but we definitely need your commitment before then in order for your name to be included in the catalog. Okay, so that's the second one. Now the third one. Well I'm gonna talk about the the third one is the um the one that's near and dear to my heart. It's the Center Time Bar. I have been talking about this one for uh, probably a little over a year and a half. Um, I have some short stories for that, not only written by me, but written by uh, several other authors. But I am looking for some more. And the premise, um, you need to inbox me, and I can give that to you. It's a historical fantasy. Um, it is planned that this is going to be a, uh, it's going to become a script. We're going to attempt to sell it, um, sell the script for television. Uh, and so the idea is that the bar uh, is the center, it's the focal point. And we have historical figures who are um, meeting up at this bar. So you need to be, uh, need to have researched your. Uh, people, your real people. Well, okay, you need to re- be, have research, and that's the prerequisite on that. Uh, you get the rest of the premise um, if you inbox me. And what your parameters are? It's not. Uh, I'm not looking for long stories specifically. I'm looking for 
well-written um, historical figures. Um, you can use uh, a couple of them together uh, for them, one to help another one. And that's really kind of the idea. That these, this is before or after someone's been, uh, one of the um, characters have been uh, famous. Okay, so that's the premise. I'll give you the rest of it when you uh, inbox me if you're interested. This is a time travel. So we obviously need open-minded people that believe in that kind of thing. Um, I bet you know the characters who are out right now if you inbox me um, that way or you, you come up with ideas of, of characters you want to you wanna write about. Inbox me and I'll let you know um, if they are already taken up or not. This is book number one, so we're you know, pretty much wide open. Uh, so a few of the obvious ones are already gone. <laughs> so uh, inbox me and let me know if you're interested. I would love to have you guys on board. That's book three. We plan on trying to get that one out before the beginning of the year. I need to know that the story that the stories are solid in order to be able to get in there because I I'm pretty fussy in my time travel. Um, it's going to be set in the world, kind of like um, you know if you're series you think about you think about the television series and you have to write uh, about those characters in that world. So you have to stay within a certain parameter can't mess the, uh, the main characters up, but you can bring in other characters that uh, makes up the story of that uh, for that episode. That's definitely a doable thing. Um, the third one, that was the third one. The fourth one is brand new. Um, actually, it's not brand new. Uh, uh, Charles Burgess and I had talked about this at the beginning of the year. Before we even knew that uh, new Charlie's Angels movie, or not Charlie's Angels movie, the, the television show was actually coming back, was really surprised us. Uh, and I said, okay, well, this is going to push up our timetable because I wanted to make sure that this got into print before the series came out. Uh, we had talked about this beginning of the year before we even knew that was, this was uh, Charlie's Angels coming back. Um, Obviously, Charles is Charlie. I, yeah, uh, it's one of his. It's, it, that's why it came up. He, you know, he were kind of joking about it. Uh, we were looking at uh, finishing up Chocolate Rose one at a time, and he thought, you know, he was making a joke about Charlie's Angels because he was uh, working with pulling together Chocolate Rose two, and. They were all women, and so he was making a joke about, hey, you know, I'm Charlie, and these are my angels. And it kind of like I said, you know, that would be an awesome idea. So we kind of, you know, mulled it around and talked about it. And originally was we wanted to do the same thing we did for Chocolate Rose and have short stories in um, one larger book, you know, one, one book. 
Um, but then we had the same problem that we had with Menace Society and that there were some people who were just, oh, yeah, that's, you know, they were gung-ho. They they were getting their story in. They They were, you know, they wanted to do this. But then we had some who were um, having trouble. They had, uh, you know, school was getting in the way. Uh, you know, life was getting in the way, as you know, that, that happens. Um, life was getting in the way of getting their story in. And I, you know, I told Charles, I said, hey, this is just getting too close to this time. Um so that's one reason why it's been pushed through now is because of the fact that we were trying to get things kind of molded together and it, it's it's haven't quite gelled yet. We got a lot of authors out there working on it, but they're they did not come forward in time for maybe to do it that way. Um, so I said, well, you know, we're gonna have to change the, the idea how we're gonna do this. Um, so I said, why don't we have smaller books? really have a powerful punch. And each author has, you know, their own angel that they created. It's not just three angels. We're talking about a multitude of angels. Charlie's a busy guy. There's a lot of crime out there, especially in urban fiction. And so there's a lot of kick-butt actions that they need to be taking, take, taking hold of these bad guys. You know, uh, Michael Weston can't do it all himself. He's quite a guy, and I happen to be one of my favorite shows for notice. So you know, he's got one corner of the world taken care of, but, you know, we have angels that could be all around. Uh, that just, just, just does not have to be just one town. Um, so there are going to be a lot of kickback action going on here and a lot of crime being taken care of. And so these ladies, ladies are going to be um, solid authors. They're going to have their own little books. And these are going to be quite pieces. And I have to tell you, I'm very excited about this project. Uh, not only because it's really awesome timing, okay? Uh, let's get real. But because um, I think that we got some solid... Uh, writers in this we're starting out to shoot with Cotton Carpenter because she's the project leader for this um, and she was the first one that was done and I'm very happy to say that, that, that I've already read it I'm very excited about it and I got the cover, two potential covers done last night um, her story is called Bubbly with a Kick <laughs> and uh, her character's into pink. And uh, her character's name is Champagne. So that's the reason Bubbly with a kick. I love the idea. Just love the, the the name. It really gave something to work with. Um, But I want to go a little further with it. Because uh, being in the 40, my 40s, I know... Um, Back in the 70s, we had, and 80s, we had um, the Mystery Theater. I'm not sure if, if, I believe that's what it was, Mystery Theater, where every week, it was in television episodes, so every week we would get um, 
a different story from a different uh, uh, actor. Uh, a different story based on one of the characters. Uh, that's back when Macmillan and Wife was around. Columbo, the Cloud. Uh, those there were four of them, but honestly, those three were my favorites. And these are memorable characters that were that we will always remember. Um, Columbo's uh, trench coat is in the Smithsonian, um, and of course Peter Falk was just just totally outrageous and fun to watch. Okay, um, he, he was just and the middle of life. I mean, oh man, uh, Rock Hudson, Susan St. James. St. James. I might be wrong on the, on the lady, but I definitely know the man. And uh, you know, all the characters in the show were just great, and they had the obvious other other characters coming in. Uh, every once in a while, they had a little double dose. We had the McLeod coming in, um, being with one of the other characters. So that's what's good. We're going to be doing here. It's uh, I like to think of it as a mystery theater type of episodes where you've got a certain crime detective uh, who's going to, you know, in a form of a cat lady, uh, one of the Charlie's Urban Angels, is going to take um, one per month is, is our plan. We're working up here. Um, and so by Labor Day, I'm going to have the first one out. Tom Carpenter's Bubbly with a Kick. And I'm excited about it because I think that, that these are going to be fast and uh, furious reads that are going to really play very well on ebook. Um, it's not going to be a big book, so we're talking about more novelette size. And so uh, they're going to be you know, cheaper to, to buy and, and people are going to uh, really love these. And I'm just talking about urban readers. I'm talking these are mainstream type of readers. There's actually, if you like television shows about cops and detectives, then there's there's no reason you can, that you're not going to love these. And if you're women who like kick-butt women, Oh, my. You guys are going to love this. Okay? These women just get down and take care of business. They don't let, you know, uh, uh, corrupt senators, which is perfect timing for those kind of things, corrupt senators, um, crooked cops, um, you name it, the drug lords, you know, um, all these different characters that that they you know the ladies can bring out. Uh, Charles came up with the premise of quite a few uh, ideas, uh, people that need to be taken care of by his angels, and each uh, author is going to have their uh, you know they're going to stick with their character, 
And so we're going to have multiple books done by um, Cotton on, you know, taking champagne to different uh, different stories, taking care of different different crooked cops in different uh, situations. So just like um, the Mystery Theater where we had uh, McMill and her wife having different episodes, uh, we sought to see them at least once a month. Where Cotton will see, you know, maybe every uh, three or four books until we get enough angels who um, will wind up, you know, she'll wind up seeing maybe a couple times a year. Um, so that's the plan is one angel per month will be an angel of the month club kind of thing. And these books, you know, the idea is that they're going to be fast and easy reads. They're really good. Well written, they're edited. Um, I'm making sure that you know we do all the things that we need to do. Uh, taking on this project is as a, a nice pet, and I want to make sure that that it's taken care of because I've got some monetary involvement here. We are getting close to the end of our hour. Um, if you're interested in becoming part of that that uh, elite group of superwomen, Charlie's Urban Angels, um, if you have any idea for that, you would want uh, to give Cotton Carpenter an inbox, hit her up for information. Um, our parameters, our deadlines, our deadlines are still being set. Um, again, the first one I've already got planned, so that one's already out the door, or almost out the door, and that one will be out by uh, Labor Day weekend in time for our book lunch party at the CopperCon. And since that'll be the beginning of September, we'll also be working on the, the one for October at that time. So I'm taking uh, novelette size books for uh, for September, but I do have to tell you that I've got some of the ladies who are already in the line, so as long as they uh, actually come through for me, they're going to wind up, we're going to wind up being busy until the beginning of the year. So you guys got time to write these things and, and be able to get your work done. Uh, so definitely keep that in mind, or if you say, hey, I want to try out the first one and see how it goes. Uh, I have to tell you, Cotton's setting the bar high. She's she's really on it. She's got the story down. It's it's. I find it exciting. I I'm very excited to get started on this. Um, and so, probably with a kick, will be out Labor Day weekend. We are at the bottom of the hour, so to speak. And I don't see any message from Lene. So I have a feeling maybe she thought it was an hour earlier. It's hard to tell. <laughs> the thing is about um, technology is that sometimes it's not just technology that goes wanky. There's sometimes uh, the human factor involved. But that's okay. As we talked about the Christmas skulls. We talked about 2012. Well, we, could, we could definitely talk more, but you know, um, I didn't want to take the whole t- the two-hour show myself. Uh, 
that was, um, again, I was way too late for that. But uh, I have to say that this has been fun. I wanted to talk about the new books coming in and new um, opportunities for authors to come on board and and uh, you know, come with a company who's been around. We've been a, AZ Publishing Services has been around for a couple of years now. And we've got 37 books on the bookshelf um, with more than 40 authors. Several of those books are anthologies, so we've got at least six authors per book on those. And it's becoming a a good thing. And so we, um, honestly, the print book, unless you're selling them yourselves as an author, which I always suggest, the ebook market has just busted wide open where the print book sales have flatlined. So it can be a better time to get involved here because uh, we are in a lot of, we're, we're getting into a lot of uh, book markets. Um, we're already in Barnes & Noble. We're in uh, Kindle, obviously. Uh, we're in I, We're in the Apple bookstore. We're in um, several other bookstores. Uh, Kobo's changing out thanks to the the overhaul of the uh, separation of states, so to speak, because of uh, uh, borders going under. So there's a lot of fluctuation, a lot of things going on, and um, we're really excited to be where we are at this point. And we can only see good things for us, especially as the bigger guys continue to fight with Amazon. Well, it's fine with us. Anyway, um, if I'm starting to lose my voice, I'm going to knock off for the day and say, hey, you guys have some fun this weekend. Uh, Do some reading. That's what I suggest. This is K-Rod Radio, and I'm signing out. This is Patty Holstrand. Until next week.